France and England combined 11. We just finished the Argentina-Brazil combined 11, and that was so fun to do. The rules are very, very simple. 4-3-3 formation. We're going to select defenders, goalies, midfielders, and forwards. We're going to select the better coach, and we might even have some fun to select the better stadium between both of these countries. We're trying to build the best super team possible between both countries. Ultimately, to see if they can rival the Argentina-Brazil combined 11 that we made. Yeah, what's crazy about an England-France combined 11 is I think it's actually easier to have an 11 with England and France rather than just picking a starting 11 for just England and France because there's a lot of rotation. There's some controversy going on Mm -hmm. right now as far as like who should be starting in center back for England, you know, who should be in the midfield for France. But I think when you put them together, I think it actually gets a lot simpler because they're like in my opinion, pretty clear favorites in almost every single position. Yeah. So either way, though, it's just completely stacked from both sides. And what you get is an insane combined 11. All right. So let's start at the very back at the goalkeeper position. Here are the nominees. You have Jordan Pickford. You have Aaron Ramsdale. You have Samba for France. Nick Pope as well from Newcastle. Mike Magnan, the AC Milan goalkeeper. Five really solid options. Is there one that I'm missing here? Nah, that's all I have. Yeah. So I want to start with you, actually. Who are you going with out of this crop? Dude, this this one was such an interesting pick because I think that Mike Magnan is probably the better keeper out of all of the goalies that you just listed. My only problem with Mignon right now, it's not even one of his own. He just started his international career. Hugo Lloris retiring right after the World Cup final in 2022. Mignon takes over, and he had already been kind of known to be the guy who's going to take over. I do understand that. But bro, he has like 10, 11 caps. That's yeah. about it. So he is absolutely inexperienced at the international level not that he can't do it i'm just saying do i pick him to be my starting goalkeeper right now yes. in october 2023 i think the answer is no i don't know if i can do it that's a Over, dilemma man it's a dilemma that's the dilemma i think i'm gonna go with tenure here and surprisingly i'm, I'm actually gonna go with jordan pickford uh, th- there is a point to be made that when it comes to winning a World Cup, you don't really need a world-class goalkeeper from what we've seen. Some teams have had it, but I think I think Yoris never truly reached that world-class level even at his peak. He's very good, yeah. but I don't think he ever was world-class. But we've seen deep runs be made by teams that also don't have that same level of talent at the back as they do up front. I don't think it's that important truly. So a guy like Pitford is fine because he shows up in those big games, but I'll never forget when he stopped Jorginho's penalty at the Euros Crazy during block. a run where he was like on an insane streak streak of just scoring penalty after penalty with his insane penalty taking ability yeah. and Pickford stop it in one of the most crucial moments in his career as well for England giving them a shot another chance at life I'm down for it bro I know Pickford will will show up because for some reason he does that every time he puts on the England jersey let's go Pickford then moving on to fullbacks this list gets absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. One thing that stands out so much about both England and France, even in comparison to Brazil and Argentina, is the depth. There's so many options, yeah. so many guys you can go with, world-class players at nearly every single position. And if not, then really good rotational players if you need that as well. I'm going to list off some here, especially focusing in on the left-back position first. The nominees are this. Theo Hernandez for France. You have Ben Chilwell. You have Kieran Trippier. You have Levi Colwell, who's been playing that left-back position for England. Luke Shaw, who usually starts for England in that position when he's healthy. 
I would say those are the five nominees here for this slot, with four of them being English and only one of them being French because the lone French nominee tends to be the one that gets a starting spot 10 times out of 10. Theo Hernandez has been great for France so far. Yeah, he's been fantastic, and he's actually going to end up being my pick in that left-back position. I just rate his offensive ability too high. For as good and as solid as Kieran Trippier is, for example, or honestly, for as talented as Luke Shaw has been when he's healthy, I do just rate Theo Hernandez's ability to essentially be a secondary winger Mm -hmm. on that left-hand side. Mm -hmm. He's just too good, man. His pace is immense, but he's also just incredibly effective at putting in very dangerous crosses and honestly even scoring some bangers himself. So I'm going Theo Hernandez left back. Completely Completely agree with you. I'm happy that we agree here. I'm going Theo Hernandez as well. Who could forget his goal against Morocco in the semifinal to start off 1-0 for France. Big ability to show up in some really meaningful games. And I like his IQ when it comes to knowing when to go forward and being a, a stalwart at the back when it's needed as well. He's very physical, bro. Very big guy who can match up with anybody physically that's on that wing trying to take him on. And then he has that IQ to go forward and be effective when he does. I think Theo Hernandez is a pick here. I would personally put Kieran Trippier as that second option, the backup option, because I've always been such a big fan of him, and he is a natural-born winner, but I'm going Theo. Moving on over to the right-back position, you have some really good nominees as well. You have Jules Koundé, who plays for Barcelona. You have Kyle Walker. You have Trent Alexander-Arnold. You have Reese James, or even a guy like Jonathan Klaus, if you like. There's also some guys that can be like hybrids, like Ben White. He could maybe play on that right-back slot if needed, too. Pavard. Pavard as well. Yeah, yeah. there's a number of center backs that could shift on over if needed, but I think the pick is obvious here as well, dude. I'm hoping it would be obvious, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be Kyle Walker. It's got to be Kyle Walker. It's got to be Kyle Walker. Yeah, yeah. He has defined what the modern fullback is today throughout his entire career. Incredibly dynamic, extremely physical, and, you know, in his heyday, had an immense pace. But as he gets older, he's actually just getting wiser, too. So his ability on the ball to just make the right decision, playing with Manchester City, winning pretty much everything you could as a professional footballer, Kyle Walker, for me, is the epitome of what a modern fullback is. Yeah, I think what surprises me so much about Kyle Walker, and the reason I give him so much credit for what he's been able to do these past you know, four or five years in the Prem and at the international level is that I think this is arguably one of the most challenged four spots in international football because you have, I mean, you have wonder kids at one point and both Reese James and Trent Alexander-Arnold who between them have had feuds, you know, have had Chelsea fans and Liverpool fans go head to head arguing which one is better between the two because they're both so talented, so young with so much potential Yet it's 33-year-old Kyle Walker who every single time gets the gets the start over these really talented guys. Yeah. I think that says so much, bro, about his maturity, his IQ, his ability on the ball, his physicality, his speed. He can he can go toe-to-toe with these youngsters and still come out on top. Mm-hmm. And I think that means so much. He also has a lot of leadership to provide. And he was part of the treble-winning side Manchester City last year. I think he has all the credentials as well as all the skills needed to get the starting slot for both France and England in the right-back position. So we agree. Kyle Walker on the right, Theo this on the left. Yeah. All right, let's get central with it. Center backs. God, this is a whole list, There's bro. so this many, This is a whole man. list. You have William Saliba. You have... Lucas Hernandez, you have Harry Maguire, Lewis Dunk, Kanate, Upamecano, Pavard, John Stones, Ben White, Tamori, Mark Gahey, Axel Disasi, Wesley Fofana. I actually really like this because for me personally, 
where I see a weakness for the England squad is in their is in their pairing center back. Mm-hmm. I believe that John Stone should be the immediate concrete selection for center back for this English national team. But there's you know issues as to who starts alongside him. Is it Harry Maguire? Is it Mark Gahey? Is it Tamori? Southgate hasn't really been able to figure it out to a point where there's a consistent starter alongside John Stones. So. This problem is solved by integrating France's best players, France's best defenders, and providing that option if needed. I do think that John Stones gets the start here for sure, and I think the best pairing center back with him is Saliba. I couldn't say it better myself, man. I have John Stones paired alongside William Saliba. As the starting center backs, John Stones has become one of the most versatile and effective center backs in the Premier League through his rise with Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. And then William Saliba has been immense for Arsenal, completely changing and leading that defensive line with Arsenal for the last two years. You put them together, and I think they have incredible chemistry, and they're just elite defenders, truly. When you look at what remains, as you kind of alluded to already, there's just weakness. There, there really is. Again, Maguire is just going through some weird shtick for the last couple of years, even though he was so good for England at a certain time, and I think that's why he still gets the call-up now, and he's, he's not too bad, but... I just, I just think he's a little mistake prone. And then, as you said, Southgate doesn't even know who that second center back is. He's rotating Lewis Dunk, Mark Gahey, Tomori. He doesn't know who to play alongside Stones. And I just think that shows that weakness. And, I mean, low-key Deschamps, too, doesn't really know who to pair alongside a healthy Lucas Hernandez. It could be William Saliba. But another thing with Lucas is he's always injured. So mm-hmm. if you have Saliba, well, then who do you put alongside him? Yeah. And it's just... it he's gets tried Upamecano. And I remember Upamecano had some mistakes in the World oh, Cup. Oh, he's, he's mistake so prone. mistake prone. Mistake prone. Bro. And Pavard is just so fluid with this French team playing in different positions. It doesn't seem like he has that position solidified. Exactly. Kanate, same thing. He can get injured when he is healthy. He does get the start. But I think Saliba, for sure, mm-hmm. is, the, is the go-to option there. And so the same representation of that with the English squad is John Stones. So let's just put both of them together. And oh, we have a back line of Theo Hernandez, Saliba, Stones, Kyle Walker, and Jordan Pickford, baby. Yes, sir. So pretty straightforward so far. Yeah. Honestly, pretty straightforward. May I propose this idea to you? Mm, because you I think the midfield might be just as straightforward as well. In England, the way I see England right now in their midfield, I believe that the best starting three is Bellingham, Rice, and James Madison, personally. Mm-hmm. I think that could be the starting lineup for this combined 11 with one replacement instead of James Madison. Let's put in Griezmann. Let's put in Griezmann, who I believe to be a better version of James Madison with experience added on top of that. So replace him and you have a amazing defensive midfielder in Declan Rice and then Bellingham, who has to be in, into, who has to be inserted into his team just because of his ability to win matches, to score and to impact it in so many different types of ways. He can be a box-to-box midfielder or he can be an attacking midfield force as well. And then Griezmann, who can just facilitate, who can feed, who can be so smart technically on the ball and knows how to win games at the highest level internationally. That's my starting three. Do you agree with me? I do if we go with a very offensive midfield. Because if you have Jude and either Madison or Griezmann, then you have to really hope that Declan Rice can cover that entire midfield. What's crazy is that he could probably do a pretty damn good job at it. And you can also trust Jude to, you know, use his stellar IQ at such a young age to really read the game and know when to track back and know when to get in the box. 
if I go with a you know more realistic, if you will, sure, midfield, sure. then I would actually have to leave both Griezmann and Madison out to put in Jude Bellingham as like the center midfielder who's in a free playing role that can go into the box whenever he feels fit to. Because uh, if you look at the way Southgate plays Bellingham, he never plays Madison alongside him in the midfield. He might play Madison out on the wing, but I think he's actually less effective there. And so if I go with a realistic midfield three so I can get my defensive coverage, then I would actually go Bellingham, Declan Rice, one of the best defensive midfielders in the world, and then I would actually pair Aurelien Chouameni alongside Declan to be, be crazy. Yeah, to be the distributor, but also be that box-to-box yeah. guy. He's got handles for days, and he's just incredibly athletic too. Yeah. So I, again, I agree with I. One. I have that midfield if we're going pure offensive, and then I have the midfield that I just listed if we're going slightly more defense. Yeah, they're both fucking incredible, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but even then, even the defensive one still has some very important offensive traits because Chouameni was the one that scored for France when they played against England at the World Cup. Yes. And Declan Rice also has that long shot ability as well. Mm-hmm. I'm down to go for that. I really am because I'm the offensive talents we have are more than enough to to create and impact games up front, which we'll talk about in a second. But I'm down for it. Bellingham, Chouameni, and Rice. That's yeah. ridiculous coverage, bro. Ridiculous. Crazy. And just to mention the other names that could have been on the list, uh, I mean, you have Connor Gallagher, you have Fofana, you have Kamara, you have Cal- uh, Calvin Phillips, you have mm-hmm. Jordan Henderson, Kamavinga, Rabio. What's crazy here is that we're essentially choosing Bellingham over the likes of both James Madison and Antoine Griezmann. What's crazy is that I think Bellingham's output right now is just too good to ignore. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can ignore it. Again, for as experienced and as masterful as Antoine Griezmann is, and for as electric as Madison has been this year and even last year with Leicester, I do think Bellingham's current form, it's just it's too much. I think it's too much to deny, man. His yeah. momentum, his... His ability right now on the ball is second. To it's none, it's ridiculous. Right? Second, to, he's he's unconscious right now. <laughs> he's finishing think, like a prime striker who plays for Real Madrid. He's, like. he's leading La Liga in goal scored. It's just crazy. <laughs> That's just crazy. Yeah, I do think you have to put that above a guy like Griezmann or even Madison who are having so. stellar seasons as well and have that history of being really good players. Bellingham and his potential just takes 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 priority. And if you look at. England and France isolated, They, in my opinion, they really only have two good midfielders. Yeah. I think in both situations, they're still looking for that definitive third guy. Yeah. If you look at England, it's always going to be Declan and Bellingham for sure. But that third guy, in my opinion, it was supposed to be Calvin Phillips based off of the trajectory that he was on a couple years ago. But ever since that move to Manchester City, man, he just he's just not playing. He just doesn't play. He, yeah. And, uh, and I think that has really negatively affected his career with England because, mm-hmm. I mean, I value minutes. And if you're mm-hmm. not playing week in, week out, I don't know if I can trust you at the international level. Yeah. And so that's yeah. Just, it's just so sad. And then you have an aged Jordan Henderson yeah. who's still good, but I would wish there'd be someone better for England. And then Conor Gallagher, just very inexperienced. He could maybe do the job, but yeah, I think England's missing that third. And, when, and then when you look at France, if you're playing Griezmann and Chouameni, you know, you could play Gamavinga, who's an excellent midfielder. He's pretty neutral. But if you're, if you're wanting a little bit more, you play Rabiot. They usually go Rabiot. They always, yeah. almost always go Rabiot. But I, I'm not the biggest Rabio fan, I'm going to be honest. I just think sometimes he makes the wrong decision in the midfield. No. And then, honestly, I think his elite performances that he can have are pretty inconsistent. If I'm a French fan, I, w- I would wish there'd be somebody better alongside Chouameni. Up front is an absolute party. 
It's an absolute party. I'm just going to name all the offensive players. There's so you know? much class. Just... Kylian Mbappe. James Madison could also get up here as well if he, he wants to. So could Griezmann, too. Co- Griezmann, too. Marcus <laughs> Rashford. Jack Grealish. Kola Mouani. Harry Kane. Ollie Watkins. Ivan Toney. And Ketia. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. no way. Yeah. Yeah. Olivier Giroud. And Kunku when he's healthy. Marcus Turam. Kingsley Coman. Mm. I can't believe I'm still going. Bukayo, Sa- Bukayo Saka. <laughs> Jared Bowen. Phil Foden. Jared Bowen, Usman baby. Usman Dembele. And that's it. The main ones I think I've mentioned. Ridiculous depth for both of these teams offensively. And I think that's why it's expected. I think that's why we're talking about these two teams as being the favorites for the Euros that are coming up because of this right here, bro. The ability to put in a world-class player in every single position offensively and being able to take over games, win matches, and go deep in tournaments. It's why we've seen France succeed so well at the past two World Cups and why we're going to continue to see them play at such a high level. And it's why England has that that reputation or has that that goal of, of doing something big on the international stage because of these fucking players, bro. Who are you going with on the right wing? I'm going Bukayo Saka. I just have to. If you look at France's options, honestly, I think they're a little weak, but weak in the sense of eliteness, right? You have Dembele, who just hasn't done it for me for France, just hasn't done it. Honestly, has he even really done it at club level? I'm going to say no. Keys at Coleman's great, uh, but you know his output honestly isn't isn't that great. Uh, but he's a fantastic player, and I would start him, you know, over Dembele in my, if I was selecting a French eleven. But when I look at England, I think the clear right winger is Bukayo Saka, and comparing them to the French wingers, I think Saka is just way yeah, better, clean. like way better. One of the most clinical and lethal wingers in the world in the Premier League, Bukayo Saka, I think easily gets this position. Yeah, I got nothing to add there. It's so clear cut for me. Saka gets the start. And then I guess on the left one, you got to go Mbappe. You have to go Mbappe, man. Yeah, you have to go Mbappe. You have to. Like, you literally cannot have this team without Mbappe starting. No. He has to be playing. Arguably the best player in the world right now, especially when he's on it. And at the international level, well, his ability to even just go a step higher than what he is at club yeah. level is ridiculous. Hat trick in the World Cup final, doing everything he could to bring France back into that match. Just an incredible player. I, I I don't have many words to describe what he's capable of and what his potential is because from a young age, he has been doing it at this level. From a young age, he showed prominence on the biggest stage. And from a young age, he said, I am going to be the next great attacking force in the world. Yeah. And he became that. And so Mbappe gets the start for me. And despite how good Jack Grealish might be, nice. despite how, how hot Marcus Rashford can get during the Premier League at certain times, or James Madison, how well he's doing right now, it does not come close to the likes of Kylian Mbappe. Exactly. Mbappe's ability to achieve true greatness on the biggest stages, both at club and international level, it's just too much to ignore. You can't. Again, there's so much talent in that position, but Mbappe can reach the likes that no other players can reach, and that therefore you have to start him. Finally, to, fill out, to flesh out this offensive line, who's the guy we go with here? Yeah, we have to go Harry Kane, man. We have to. Yeah. One of the greatest English strikers to have ever lived, still playing, still giving us absolute bangers week in, week out for Bayern Munich. 
And, dude, I mean, what, what doesn't Kane do? He can pass the ball incredibly well. His build-up play is fantastic. His IQ is so high as far as when to release the ball, when to hold it, when to lay it off to his midfielders. And then, of course, he is one of the most lethal number nines in the game. You give him a half chance in the box, he's more likely than not to put it away. I just don't think there are much better number nines out there in today's landscape. So, for me, this one's just, again, very easy to say. Harry Kane is our starting striker. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wish there was someone I could use to maybe <laughs> know, argue this. I, I know, there's nothing uh, for me. I, the only argument I can find here, the only one is Giroud and his chemistry with Mbappe. Yeah. You know, they were tag teaming teams throughout the World Cup and doing fucking crazy shit. Their numbers were nuts. Yeah, like mm-hmm, five mm-hmm. goals in the World Cup this past time around. They do have a genuine chemistry and connection, but for everything that Giroud does, I just think Kane does it better. Yeah. And, he, and he's younger too. So it's Kane's spot. It's Kane's spot, and we have a front line of Kylian Mbappe, Harry Kane, and Bukayo Saka. Let's look at this team right here, man. Truly looking at it, seeing Mbappe, Kane, Saka, Chuameni, Rice, Bellingham in the middle, Hernandez, Saliba, Stones, Walker, Pickford. Thinking about that team we created with Brazil and Argentina, who's the better squad, man? I think, honestly, the back lines are very comparable. I actually wouldn't say one's better than the other. I will say Alisson is a much better goalkeeper than Pickford. So if these two teams were to face off, I think there's a higher chance that Alisson would get like an incredible save over Pickford. And yeah, Pickford, maybe maybe he's not in form. Whereas Alisson, I feel like he's just always on it, man. I, I would interject. I would say that the, the defensive line here, I think, is better outside of Pickford. I think Pickford is where there's a massive downgrade for sure. If we could get Allison on this team, I'd be happy. Yeah. There I just is think that Molina can take Walker, maybe not offensively, but defensively Molina is actually pretty good now, you know. He's becoming a really stellar fullback. And then on the other side, I I trust Dalia Fico to basically be able to take on anybody and so offensively that that uh offensively that south american backline might not be as effective but i think they make up for it by just being so that's sound defense that's true they are they, they really are for sure I, i'm personally taking saliba and stones over gabriel and uh marquinhos because i do think for arsenal saliba is a better center back between yeah. those two yeah, yeah, and yeah, then stones true. i think his i just think he's so good yeah so good yeah, I, i'll good take point. him over marquinhos uh, but th- that's true. Internationally, at the international level, it's a different ball game. We have seen Molina Tagliafico be so so good and yeah. so reliable, and that's you know the 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 they're the starting fullbacks for the best team in the world right now. So that does matter, despite the like individual level of Theo and Kyle Walker. Yeah. So that it is a close argument. I- I'm gonna give the edge to this team, but I-, I can see you giving the edge to the other. And then the midfield we had Guimaraes, Neymar, and Enzo Fernandez. Whew. I think that's I would, tough. I would take Declan Rice over Bruno. I would definitely take Chuameni over Enzo personally. Personally, sure. and I'm not saying that's, it's that's by fine. a large margin. I just think Chuameni is slightly better. And I think the weirdness at Chelsea's play is a factor for me, honestly. And so that's why I would I lean more towards Chuameni right now. Now Bellingham name that that's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. That that's just crazy yeah. to pick one or the other. Either way, though, I just think that. This midfield does just outdo yeah. the South American Yeah, midfield. I think I'm going to agree with that too. Yeah. Up front, though, I think is where... Uh, do I give the South Americans the edge, bro? I don't know, man. That, that South American front line is insane. It's insane. It's insane. It's, insane. it's Messi, Julian Alvarez, and... Vinicius. Vinny Jr. Yeah. God yeah, damn. Man. I, I, I have to go. I have to go South American here. I have to. Vinny Jr. can match up with Mbappe if he's on his day. 
Bukayo Saka or Lionel Messi, I'm going Messi. And then yeah. Julian Navarez or Harry Kane, I think Julian Alvarez has a shot at the international level to go toe-to-toe with Harry Kane because of his, his, ability, his, his fluidity and how good he has been already in World Cups. I'm going South American on that one. Yeah. So overall... Yeah. <laughs> it's tight. I, honestly, oh, the, man. Just like the France-Argentina final actually was Europe versus South America, yeah. the combined 11 of France, England, and Argentina-Brazil I think would be just as tight. It'd be a goal fest, 3-3-4-4. Three, three, four, <laughs> four. It would just be a crazy game. But that, that's what's cool is that we actually get that without combining. And, 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 and yeah. In a way we do. Yeah. And in a way we really do. <laughs> and it went to fucking penalties to ultimately decide it. <laughs> oh, God. I just, I think I'm going to go European on this one. I'm going to go European personally. I like the way the European one looks. Just, yeah. But it's just the way it stacks. Like, especially the current form of a lot of these players at their clubs right now. I just think they're doing more notable things. So, yeah, I would lean more European. But honestly, I, I do think it'd just be a crazy game. Yeah. Who do we get to lead this team? Is it Didier Deschamps or is it Gareth Southgate? Yeah, this is kind of a weird one. I know Southgate gets a lot of shtick, and for some of the for some of the decisions that he makes, but honestly, I don't think he should be criticized as much as he actually does. I think he's a decent coach. He's not a great one. And then when I look on the other side, Didier Deschamps. Well, you know, he's he's won. He's won the World Cup before. He's been with France for a really long time. I think mm-hmm. just over a decade now. And I, yeah, I I would trust Deschamps to lead this team over Southgate just because of tenure, overall experience. And I feel like Deschamps is, you know, very good at dealing with a lot of talent and a lot of ego. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going Deschamps as my coach. Yeah, you don't really hear much, though, about Deschamps and, like, what he's doing behind the scenes. Like, no, yeah. And not much innovation from what I'm hearing in comparison to, like, what what we've heard from, like, Scaloni and, like, the way he talks to the players and, like, the, yeah. the emotional connection he has to them. Deschamps just kind of seems to be, like, the principal. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's just the guy you trust in. He's your leader. Yeah. He's, your, he's your go-to guy if you have any questions. And he will get you the results no matter what. It's like he's the principal of like a, some like expensive academy or some <laughs> yeah. shit, you know? And so I'm fine with it. I prefer him over Garrett Southgate for sure just because of what he's accomplished in the past. Let's give it to the Shamps and let's have him lead this team into prominence. Then the last question I have is actually a, a kind of convoluted one. What stadium do these guys play in? Because England has so many amazing stadiums that you can pick from. But there is one that just stands out when it comes to the international level. Come on, man. Are we thinking the same one? I think we're thinking the same one. Wembley Stadium? Wembley Stadium, baby. Wembley Stadium going up versus which French stadium, bro? I guess Parc de Prince. Yeah. Yeah, which is a great stadium. And honestly, when France fills that place up, it's one of the most patriotic scenes that you see across the globe, bro. It's insane. (laughs) It's like a revolution again, man. man. It's actually really cool to see. Nothing against it. I just think that England has done an incredible job at making Wembley iconic. Like, you think International Stadium in Europe, first thing I think of is Wembley, just in general. It's a beautiful, gorgeous, massive piece of architecture. And when that place fills up, it's like... It's like the Roman Colosseum, like back mm-hmm, in the day. Like mm-hmm. uh, that's what I imagine what the modern version is. It's Wembley Stadium, and so I just th- I, for me, I think it's an easy one. Wembley all the way. I think so too. I think so too. To have this team playing in such a beautiful, beautiful stadium, surrounded by fans, representing Europe, and 
just putting on a show, I think it's perfectly fitting versus what France could offer ultimately because it, it is just more iconic, Wembley Stadium. Yeah. It really is. There's more history to it. I think France does have a little bit of an issue though because Spain has like Santiago Bernabeu, Camp Nou, these really iconic stadiums. England, I mean, there's countless stadiums. Germany even has the Olympi Stadion, which hosted the World Cup final in 2006. I feel like France has a bit of a drop-off when it comes mm. to having that one iconic stadium Ooh, to yeah. compare itself to in regards to the other European countries and what they have to offer. So hopefully the French committee can hear this message <laughs> out and go about creating a more iconic stadium. But I do think Wembley Stadium takes this one pretty easily. And that rounds it out, folks. That's our England-France combined 11. Let us know what you think, which picks we got right, which picks we got wrong, and which one would win between this Brazil-Argentina combined 11 and the England-France combined 11. We will see you guys next time. Peace.